Teacher, what star is that? Reagan came up to me and said, do you have the answer for the U.S. economy and a cure for cancer? <laughs> Only old school people know what's up, man. That's too short, boy. Thank you for listening to FarsideTV.com. You are locked into Side Life Radio. I'm your host, Adisa the Bishop, a.k.a. the Black Dragon of the West Side, a.k.a. Zato Ichi, a.k.a. the South Bay Shogun, 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 a.k.a. the Iron Hook Assassin, a.k.a. the Black Cortez Killer. Ain't nobody triller than me, homeboys and girls. Understand it, understand it. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first podcast giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, MMA, and health and fitness trends. Always remember, ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium. We're putting a vibranium all in. Let me see your head. There it is. Like Adisa the Bishop. So you can be down now or you can bow down later. Because the West Coast OGs stay greater. We stay greater, boy. That's right. West Side. So thank you for tuning in today. Understand, if this is your first time listening, it may not be the best thing. I'm about to show enough is the West thing. Listen, I hope you are having a fantastic day. And I'm really praying that this fantastic day opens up into a beautiful week for you. A whole week of beauty and basking and, you know, fantastic rays of light glistening on your skin and, you know, magnifying the chi. And this is that time where I ask you to do what you know you need to do anyway. But I'm going to say it. Subscribe. Subscribe right now. Okay? Mixcloud iTunes, Spotify, right, right, Libsyn. And if those platforms allow for you to leave a comment, please do. Make it positive and short. This show's dope. Get out. That's all you got to do. But really what I need you to do is take the show, this show or the last one. Like maybe maybe you heard the last show with, uh, man, where I was talking about hip-hop is a weapon and how to use that weapon. Right. And then I had that Stanford professor, Greg Watkins. Yeah. Dope. Share that with someone. One person. One person. Right. I got a lot of my people hit hit me up. The 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 folks that are into beat making and technology. They was like, yo, that architect interview was hella dope. And it was. I know. Thank you. Although I can't take full credit. I mean, I was interviewing architect. Right. I mean, the boom, the bip, the boom, bip. My point is, even if you don't like that one. Although many people deal, you can go to www.bishopchronicles.com and just choose a show and email it to one person and be like, yo, 
I think this is dope. You should give it a listen and subscribe to this dude. That's all I need you to do. Not everybody on your Facebook, but I wouldn't be mad if you did. Not everybody in your Twitter feed, although I wouldn't be mad if you did. Okay? But we need it. Please do it. We got your back. Have our back. Thank you. And always remember, you can and should follow the OG at Bishop Chronicles on IG. Everybody knows how this works. When you come to my IG, you're going to see a bunch of silly memes mixed in with little clips from the show, shows you might have missed. And then if you go into the stories, that's where all the wisdom resides. So all my silly folks, check the feed and all my trill folks, check the story. And for those of you that are subscribed, I thank you. And for those of you that are passing the show on to at least one person, I double thank you. And now it is time for heartbeat props. Heartbeat props are where we give props to those that are alive, right? And 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 we let them know that they're appreciated and loved while they're alive. We don't like to wait till people are dead to be at the funeral crying, you know what I'm saying? This whole idea came from a song by Digital Underground, the West Coast Legends. And they had a song called Heartbeat Props on this very topic. So, call three people you like or love today and you... Talk to them for five minutes and tell them specifically why you care about them and how they have impacted your life. This one is going to feel a little corny to some of y'all. All all right. I'm dedicating this one to my kids. Uh, To my son, the young lion. You're a real savage. I'm proud of you. This is your senior year. Okay. Breathe easy. You are almost done. I am hella proud of you. You've gone farther, way farther than I've ever gone. And you're going to continue to rise. So keep doing it. I'm hella proud of you. Thank you for being the man that you are. To my oldest daughter. My first daughter. Bemo. Girl. I see you. Hustling. Working. And college. Come on man. You doing it. You doing it. I know it ain't easy. But I'm hella proud of you. Hella proud of you. Keep rising. I really hope that you stand on your computer tip, you know what I'm saying? Because that's, you know what I'm saying? I already seen you, you know what I'm saying? You got dope ideas for technology. This the Valley Girl. Get yours. Um, And my little one, the Baby Beans. You are so brilliant. You are so brilliant. I love how every time we kick it, you just have piles and piles of books. And I love how much you love jujitsu. And I know if you stay on the path... The way you rocking it right now, you're going to be a force in the game. Don't stop. Stay on the mat. I love you. All y'all. West Coast word of the week. This is a really interesting word. I don't think people say it everywhere. I think this is some real Bay stuff right here. Bootsy. Bootsy. It means something that's weak, trash, hot garbage. Hot steaming garbage. Um, the first time I heard it, man, I was at Dell's house and he was working on his first album. He had SP 1200 upstairs in his room and we listened to something that he didn't like. And he was like, that beat is Bootsy. And I was like, what? That beat is hella Bootsy. And I was like, just sitting there. Cause I'm like, I, I need to understand. I can't, I can't pretend that I know. You ever do that? 
people start using slang and you just be marinating like you got it, but you don't got it. And then he kept going on. He was like, man, that beat is hella whack, blah, 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 blah. And he kept going on. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you hella right. <laughs> but sometimes people say Bootsy like there's no T in it. So they'd be like, that beat's hella Bootsy. Bootsy. All right? That is your West Coast Word of the Week. And now you can rep the West and say it with your chest. Say it, say it with your chest. Now it is time for the chess and life strategy lesson of the day. This is actually from my book, Bobby, Bruce, and the Bronx on Amazon right now. Get yourself a copy, paperback or Kindle, right? Paperback or Kindle. This is a section in the book that deals with violence. You know, in the last show, we talked about violence and nonviolence. I'm a lover of nonviolence. I believe in nonviolence. I believe in universal peace. I believe that humanity is one family. And when I write and I speak about it, when I started speaking about it in 2006, people thought I was playing. Because if you really knew me back in the day, you knew I was about that militant life. Now, this particular section of the book is about nonviolence and and it's talking to, and I'm help, I'm trying to help the readers understand violence on a personal level on more of a ground floor level. And so this is called America has its own child soldiers. Here we go. About 3 years ago I began working for a high school in San Francisco called John O'Connell. It is situated in the Mission District. The Mission is a primarily Latino section of the city, mostly known for its fine Mexican and El Salvadorian cuisine and for being the area where Carlos Santana, the world-famous guitarist, did some of his first shows today. Footnote, my uncle threw his first show at Mission High School. It's a fact. Today... It's known for being a gang war zone for Sereno gangs as well as MS-13 and the Northerners and the notorious Army Street. Other gang-prone sections or turfs in San Francisco are Hunters Point, Lakeview, Sunnydale, and Fillmore, which used to be known as the Harlem of the Bay because of its rich jazz history. Unlike Los Angeles, the Bay Area does not really have a significant number of Crips and Bloods. They're almost non-existent up here. Maybe except for SAC, I guess. But we do have turf wars. And San Jose, maybe a little bit. We have turf wars. Clashes between blocks broken up by geographic landmarks that decide what side you come from. All sides are wrong when you're in the Bay. If you're not from the block you're walking on, things can get dangerous. Shortly after beginning my job as a security guard at John O'Connell and working to set up some nonviolence program for my organization, the Hip Hop Chess Federation, I noticed an odd trend. A Latino boy named Che was walking down the hall with a laminated photo of a very pretty black girl. At first, I thought it was his girlfriend, but as I got closer, I saw it was a laminated card that said R.I.P., I inquired who she was, and Che said that she was a friend of his who had been shot a few years ago. As I walked around the school, I noticed these laminated cards were all over the school. Not only of the girl in Che's photo, but many others. I stood in the hallway realizing that I was standing in a river of sorrow as the children moved up and down the hall. They were literally mourning almost every day 
these laminated photos are worn more than crosses or crescents or stars. So many times I am reminded by a student, so-and-so had a friend die last week. Be nice to them, okay? So that's the section, and I just want to remind you as adults that, you know, when you, when you talk to your friends and you, talk, and you talk to your kids and you talk to your kids' friends, that a lot of times these kids are grieving because their friends are dying from violence or opiate addiction and stuff like that. So please, like, be patient with them and give love to them. And, and sometimes even when you really, really want to yell at them and you know it's their fault, don't do it. But always remind them. That you're there to listen, that you're there to listen, that you will not judge, okay? But really don't judge and really listen. Or put them in touch with someone who can if you can't. And now it is time for the haiku of the week. A haiku is a Japanese poem of three lines. The first line is five syllables. The second line is seven syllables. And the third line is five. So it goes five, seven, five. It doesn't have to rhyme, but most of mine do rhyme. I really started doing these about jujitsu. Then I started doing a lot. Like I'm actually writing a book of haikus. I got a lot. And this is one that I wrote um, reflecting on hiking up Mount Aurelius, which is a mountain that I've named behind my home. So this is my latest haiku. Mike, I'm going to need just old school taiko drums. <clears throat> Here we go. I'm alive again. Eucalyptus in the wind. Resurrected self. Yeah, one more get in case you missed it. Rewinds. I'm alive again. Eucalyptus in the wind. Resurrected self. Haiku. So now let's jump into some recent hip hop news. Listen, I catch so much flack for having love for Cardi B. I really do. I really do. Ever since I said that I liked her album, especially the song Get Up 10, especially the song she did with SZA, I liked the album. The song with Kehlani. Mm-hmm. People been at me, oh, Bishop, bro, I thought you liked the real hip-hop, blood. I thought you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you just listen with these youngsters got you tripping, bruh. Man, shut your ass up. Shut your ass up. I know what good hip-hop is, man, and Cardi B is fresh. And when she's slipping like that, like that freestyle she did uh, like a month or so back to the Knight Rider beat or whatever, week, 18 beat, week, um... Her album's raw. So, now check this out. Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy is now the longest chart-running debut album by a female rapper in Billboard 200 history. According to chart data, the album has spent 92 weeks on the Billboard 200 chart every week since its release in 
April 6, 2018. It is at a spot on the chart. This ranking was previously held by the one and only, the queen, Lauren Hill. And her album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. First of all, to all the women listening, and all the men really, if your children don't know that album by Lauryn Hill, you've done them a great disservice. Don't promote it and don't start telling, yeah, you need to listen to the real hip-hop, youngster. Well, you know, when I was young, this what we listened to, and we don't like all of that stuff with the Nicki Minaj, you got to play this. Listen, just play the record and let them see you enjoying it. And they will begin to enjoy it. If you come in telling them that their music is weak and they don't know what real is weak, man. You know what I mean? Um, I'll give you a bonding tip for young people. Play DJ in the car. And what that means is everybody in the seat, you go counterclockwise or clockwise. As you're driving, let everybody get a chance to play a song that they think is dope. And don't judge. Don't be like, oh man, this song hella weak, man. What you do is you let you play a song, and it can be any genre. Right? I have found that I've bonded with tons of kids, especially my own, playing DJ in the car where you just let it rotate, man. It's really cool. It's really cool. Um have fun doing that. Anyway. Yeah, I'm proud of Cardi B, man. And I'm proud of Lauryn Hill. See, I can like both, man. Why can't you like both, bro? Why you got to be like, oh, man, strictly old school. Oh, man, we just love all this young stuff because the old stuff sucks. It's all dope. Speaking of Nicki Minaj, did you see that wax sculpture of her, man? Looks hella weird, bro. I'm not being stupid. She looks like an Indonesian stripper or something. It's really weird. I may have spoken about that before. Because it's been on my mind a lot. But if I was Nicki Minaj, I would have been pissed off. Did you see the face? Who is that? Who in the hell is that? Anyway, um, speaking of dope women rappers, I want to give a shout out to Tierra Wack, who's so funny and so skilled, it's killing me. To Rhapsody. I mean, I really love that song that she did with Jizza because it was just, I mean, Liquid Swords. I don't even need to explain. Um... And Ciroc, I mean, all the time. But, man, we need to find a way to support more women MCs on the mic. You know, now if that means you just go and like some more videos on YouTube, or if you go download or create a Spotify playlist around women who kill mics, in fact, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. You know, because like I was talking with Rob Nasty. If you ever listen to the show with Rob Nasty, the amazing B-boy and producer of hip hop. Like we, we had a great conversation about a lot of the women in hip hop behind the scenes in the business who don't get props. You should listen to that one. Um, and now I'm going to just talk about some of the stuff I've been listening to. Rock Marcy. I don't even think it's brand new, but it's Rock R-O-C. M-A-R-C-I. Album, Marcialago. <laughs> Listen to me right now. I'm going to tell you, real OGs who know this music, bruh, there is no way that the whole Griselda movement can happen without Rock Marcy and Ka, K-A. 
Knight's Gambit? Are you kidding me? You you get Griselda without Ka? You get Griselda without Rock Marcy? Y'all don't even listen to hip-hop, man. Get out of my face, bro. Marcy Alago. Now, the truth is, you can listen to tons of albums by him. I'm talking about Rock Marcy. I'm talking about Ka. Amazing. Amazing lyrics. Amazing emotion. Amazing flows. Dope beats. But on Marcy Alago, Ephesians with Ka, fire. The cool thing is... Uh, now, not to be confused with the word earlier, right? But Rock Marcy got a track called Boosie Fade um, with West Side Gun, right? Sick. I man, I got to look in the... Has anybody ever asked them dudes about what they think about Ka and Rock Marcy? Because, like, they planted the seeds for this sound that Griselda has perfected. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. Um, and then, oh my God, are you listening to Redman? He got a track called Smack the Shit Out You. Hella funny. Hella funny. Smack the shit out you. Watch the video though. Don't listen to, listen to the song if you can't watch the video right now. But if you can't watch that video right now, hilarious. And you know, that whole record really reminded me about one of the things that's missing in hip hop today. From this era... Not trying to hate. I'm just telling you. Hip-hop used to be funny. Hip-hop used to enjoy telling funny stories. Ice Cube. Once upon a time in the projects, yo. I damn near had to, oh, come on, man. That was hella funny, right? But then go back. Go back. Bobby, Jimmy, and the Critters. Look at all these roaches. Bobby, Jimmy, and the Critters was like Weird Al Yankovic, but hip-hop. And he got no respect. And it was horrible how Bobby, Jimmy got done. Because he was hilarious and had original ideas. Go look up that video. Bobby, Jimmy, and the Critters, look at all these roaches. It's a remake of, uh, I think it was Timex Social Club's Look at All These Rumors. Hilarious. They got a roach rapping in a basement party, blood. <laughs> Hella funny. Uh, Jailhouse Rap by the Fat Boys. Look it up. Easy E. Fat Girl. Don't be body shaming. Fat Girl. Um, Easy E still talking shit on his Easy Does It album. Hilarious skits. Um, Slick Rick. How many of his stories are just hilarious? From Lottie Dottie to my personal favorite, The Moment I Feared. All you youngsters listen to The Moment I Feared. Hilarious. Um, and then obviously Will Smith, right? Parents just don't understand. He told great funny stories. Will Smith. Listen, here's the simple reality. As much as you love hip hop, as much as I love hip hop, as much as I love listening to Rock Marcy or anything that's got hella rowdiness in it like Wu-Tang or whatever, I still like to laugh. RZA likes to laugh. Most of my favorite memories with RZA are laughing at other stuff and going out and having fun, man. People don't sit around. I said, people always be like, oh, what was Tupac like? What was Tupac like? He was hella cool. But what I, what, I, what, I, what I loved about Tupac most is that he was funny. He was a jokester. He liked to have fun. People think like he was like thug life walking around kicking kittens. No. He was hella funny, hella, hella smart. You know what I'm saying? And he liked to have fun. Have fun with hip hop. 
Let it be fun. Yes, it's a political time. You should care. You should be uh, 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 awake and you should be weaponizing hip hop to open the eyes and hearts of the people. But, but, have fun, man. Have fun with hip hop. You know, the truth is, I keep, you know, having this section like, what am I watching? Almost nothing, just cartoons. Still, just watching, you know, Teen Titans Go and Gumball, you know? Um, and I, 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 I should be reading more than I'm reading right now. I'm mainly reading poetry by Rumi. The Essential Rumi by Coleman Barks. I've already talked about this a long time ago, but I've just kind of been flipping back through it and really enjoying it. And on the health tip, I'm going to tell you this. Go to bed. Get sleep. Listen to me. I was totally wrecked uh, 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 the bulk of the last half of the week and this week right here because I'm not sleeping the way I should be sleeping. Get sleep. Sometimes I'm just wired, super insomnia style. If you notice, like when I post on IG, I be posting at like midnight and then like three and then like five because I'm not sleeping, man. I'm trying everything. Yoga, salt baths, long showers, uh, whatever, blood. It's, it, it's, it's, it's not always working, man. Um, exercise, okay? But listen, get your sleep because i don't care whether it's your business plan or whether you're exercising if you're not getting sleep you can't heal and recover and you need to heal and recover so you can go be great and execute the next day you know with presence and clarity and on that note as you know big shout out to dream brand with a j jujitsu rules everything around me right on ig at prideclothing.co my homies making crazy hip-hop jujitsu gear right at moro's merch because they do uh, a lot of dope uh hip-hop themed islamic themed uh gear right um and at guard what's yours they do amazing stuff at guard what's yours for real all right shout out to all y'all listen to this dope interview Now, I just had the architect on, and we was talking about what? Not just hip-hop, but technology, right? So now, you're going to listen to me talk with Mariel Edna Lino, all right? She is an amazing young woman who has put together a great company, a great organization, a fantastic nonprofit. It's called HTML, but it's like E-L-L-E, right? Mario Ednalino teaches girls how to code, how to do marketing research, how to do the business, what it really means to run business as a young entrepreneur. She is incredibly insightful. She was close with someone that I really respect in the tech game. And they were like, you should check out the stuff that she's doing. And we met and I was like, yo, So then, you know, she got into a school and put together a summer program and it was devastating, right? But here's the deal. Like, we can't talk about equality between genders. We can't have, like, real conversations about, like, how crazy the economy is and what we can do to help young people if we're not guiding them consistently toward different avenues and technology that they can explore and grow in. And this is one of them. The main reason that I like 
what Mariel's doing and the main reason that I like what HTML is doing is that they do more than just tell the kids to code, which I think coding is important. And I don't want nobody to think that I'm hating on coding. That is not it. I'm just saying the, the, the landscape of what technology is for real and can be is more than just coding. All right. So listen to this. This is fantastic. If you have a daughter, a niece, a granny, a auntie, you need to share this with them. If you got a daughter, she needs to hear this. Your mom needs to hear this. Your auntie needs to hear this. Your sister, your niece. All right. This is inspirational. This is beautiful. This is right on time. This is Bishop Chronicles, Farside TV, HTML, Mario Ednolino. Let's go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what it is. Peace to the planet. I'm chilling. And you know, I always, you know, as much as I talk about hip hop and martial arts and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm just a nerd, right? Like, I love tech. I love nerd stuff. I love understanding, like, the technology culture in and around the valley, you know? And the trends in it. And because obviously I am a father of two amazing daughters, I like to, you know, uh, know what the best options for girls and technologies are. And so it is with all of that in mind that I had to bring someone who I've actually been trying to get on the show like for like six months. How long has it been we've been trying to do this? Uh, around six months, yeah, <laughs> maybe right. a little bit longer. Right, right, and right. I. Um, so many things have come up. So. I know, right? We've been trying to do this for like a really long time. Yeah. And so it is raining outside in waves. So if you hear random rain noises, that's because we're in the middle of a storm. Um, but Mario Mendelino from HTML is here with us. Thank you for being on Bishop Conference. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. So talk to me about HTML mm -hmm. and what you do, because I think it's awesome. It's a fantastic nonprofit that's doing really cool stuff. And you had a really cool thing you were doing this summer. So tell me about it. Yeah. So HTML is a nonprofit and we work with girls, middle and high school girls, and we prioritize low income and underserved individuals and we work with them on all the nuances of the entrepreneur journey so from ideating a solution to a problem that they care about mm -hmm. to understanding their user on a micro level so doing user testing user interviews prototyping it out to get their ideas tangible right and then they can start to communicate it and then we help them with computer science so they and their solutions become technical. That, that one is huge for us is because we want to create more technical female founders mm -hmm. and try to get that gender inequality in a tech and entrepreneur ecosystem a little bit more leveled out. Yeah. And we also work with them on <clears throat> all the nuances, again, of the entrepreneur process. So building out a pitch deck, finding out strategies to receive funding and support, and essentially making that process a lot less isolating for a female entrepreneur to become successful. So we want to be a very inclusive and positive space for girls. We want them to be creatively confident to pursue their ideas yeah, um, and not be afraid to pursue post-secondary options in STEM and explore that. And mm -hmm. how do you use computer science and entrepreneurship to make a difference in the world and get your solutions out? there no i think that's really interesting you know i um i actually knew a woman who was one of the first women in it um at yahoo i mean this was like yeah. way back and um 
she used to talk about how isolating that was at times, mm -hmm. you know, um, just on a cultural level, just in the, you know, just at work. Cause you're not one of the guys just cause you're a girl, right? right? right. Like you're just genuinely like absolutely not one of the guys. Yeah. So like, can you talk a little bit about why that's still important? Like, I think that people don't understand, like I knew that cause I saw it, you know what I mean? Talking with someone who was experiencing yeah. it, but that would have never occurred to me had I not known her. Yeah. So, you know, can you talk to me about uh, why is it still important mm -hmm. that that teens and girls are looking at becoming women entrepreneurs and leaders of these spaces in, in IT? Good question. I, I would have to say first, you would have to look at the biases and the stereotypes that exist around technology. Mm. And there's this stigma that computer science individuals who are interested in that are nerds mm -hmm, <laughs> or individuals mm -hmm. who are in a dark room coding right typing away at a computer screen for hours and hours and hours and I, I think to any individuals especially females that doesn't sound very appealing mm -hmm. um, females are naturally drawn to work where you're involved with a group and you're getting to interact with someone else and you're building together so it's a convening of other like-minded individuals so mm -hmm. the idea of getting tucked away in a dark corner of a room it's and not, just not looking ideal. at a screen for eight hours is, isn't appealing for anyone and so and then you add on top of that layer that computer science is primarily meant for males because right. there's not a lot of female representation in tech as you said right. um it just starts to add on to this layer of barriers that make mm -hmm. it difficult or challenging for women to want to explore that field. Right. Cause like, uh, seems kind of weird. There's right, not many right. people like me, you know, so, exactly. you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so those, all those stigmas is what pushes women out of that field. Mm -hmm. It's male dominated. It's not in an environment that I'm going to be successful in. And so they are envisioning, the space where they're not going to succeed. And right. so, and or be even be comfortable. Exactly. And right. so they start to gravitate towards more professions where they see more females, they see more female community buildings and support leadership. around that leadership. So you see a lot of women in marketing and communications and um, PR, PR, mm -hmm. and not necessarily mathematics, science, and it's unfortunate. And so definitely. I, I see a lot of nonprofits and we as well try to break down and deconstruct that mm -hmm. and remove those stigmas and instead replace it with very positive ones, very inclusive and diverse um, activities that we provide to the girls to show them, hey, you know, you're not in this dark room. Right. Let's make it group oriented. Let's make it fun. Let's make let's gamify computer science. So every time you achieve something, you get some intrinsic reward immediately. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so I, I want to see more of that in schools is flipping the model on its head, flipping the stigmas on its head yeah. and showing girls that it's a very fun, inclusive environment. And there are so many successful females. And it's super lucrative, man. It, you know, especially yes. if you live in the Bay, man, if you want to make $100,000 out the gate, if you want to mm -hmm. come in making 90, 120 for real starting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like this is a skill that the world needs and you can do anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I agree. 
Um, there's been a lot of concern recently from the general public that the tech bubble is going to burst, that mm-hmm. there's not going to be a lot of lucrative positions to hand out anymore. And that's not true. We are in the midst of a digital age where we have this wave of technology influencing and impacting society and that's not going to stop anytime yeah every soon. day right right yeah, every single day i mean day. i mean like it's funny i mean because you know every every industry will have its low points or whatever mm-hmm. but i mean like tech is just beasting through everything and it's going to continue to mm-hmm. you know and i especially think you know coming from the west coast coming from the bay like like you have to be in tech if you want to just survive like you know if you want to be a homeowner, if you, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. on some level, you know, coming through the door in tech, I think is, is crucial. And it's interesting, you know, um, cause I've said this before is that, you know, when I look at like the space, we look at, you know, we're talking about entrepreneurship, right? Like, uh, I've all, I've often thought about like the impact of sexism hmm. over the arc of time against all the stuff that we still don't have cures for. Like when I look at medicine, I just go, wow, like, what if the girl who could have cured that just like was not given access to a skull? Yes. Right. Yes. Like what if, like, what if like, you know, like, you know, whatever the big diseases are right now, like would be cured by now. What if, what if, you know, like what, what, what digital solutions don't exist because this girl wasn't encouraged. Right. Or, you know, it's crazy. Yes. Yes. It blows my mind. So like, it's always really important to me to, um, you know, champion uh, mm-hmm. orgs like yours, you know, because this stuff is is a joke and is no joke rather. And I don't think that people realize all of the opportunities that 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 exist here. Now, tell me about the summer program that you did um, and where you did it. And, and, and tell me, tell, tell us about that. Yeah. So we started um, HTML last January. So mm-hmm. we're coming up on a year now. Congratulations. And thank you so much. And it's actually with your help that we were able to launch our pilot program during the summer of 2019. And we hosted our program at San Leandro at Key Academy Charter School. Yeah, and we Key had, Academy's dope. It's incredible. And we had nine young, amazing women from around that region. So mm-hmm. coming in from Fremont, Hayward, San Leandro, all the way up from Oakland. Mm-hmm. And so... A hundred percent of our girls were from underserved communities, which is to me an incredible number. That's beautiful. And so not only was this a space for us to test our product, but it was also an opportunity for us to learn more about our audience Mm -hmm. and who we are impacting. Mm -hmm. And so for seven weeks, we essentially use this classroom as a uh, control room, test subject. The girls were very aware that they were kind of the guinea pigs. Right, 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 so right. We did this a, the, y'all the first ones. So. Yeah, exactly. This might not go very well. <laughs> you know, this might be a, a flaming garbage. <laughs> um, and at the end of the seven weeks, we realized this is trash. <laughs> right. What was I doing? Yeah, we just wasted your whole summer. Congratulations. Good Get luck. back to school. Good, yeah, exactly. Good luck with junior year. Yeah. Um, good luck with therapy. But fortunately, that was not what happened. Right, right. Um, and the girls were very receptive, super kind. And again, it was a, a huge learning um, space for us mm-hmm. and uh, a sandbox for us to, again, just grow and understand what we're trying to do here. And so our first 
two, three weeks was just choosing a problem that the girls care about, teaching mm-hmm. them about design thinking, and how do you use design thinking to solve this problem? So they did a lot of brainstorming with each other. They did a lot of group sessions where they're just putting out the most wild ideas. Right, we want right. them to start from this place of just uninhibited imagination and creativity and That's then such a big deal. using exercises to boil that down to a very specific pragmatic and realistic solution that they could then pursue mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that allows them to um use their imagination get to know the other girls get comfortable and then they went into cognitive science for the next two weeks and so they started to build out their prototype Mm -hmm. using just basic materials such as cardboard reusable materials just to get whatever is in their head out yeah have some kind of have some kind of uh mental and partially physical model exactly exactly and be able to communicate that so they use that with each other and he said hey this is what i'm building what do you think about it and so getting a lot of insights from the users from their classmates and using all of that to refine their prototype and they did user testing user implementation and then they went into uh, computer science. So we started teaching them very foundational computer science skills such as HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Python. Mm. And these are key skills that you would need if you're trying to create a mobile app, right. a, a web. Right. Um, and by the end of the program, we had a demo day where we invited family and friends and they got to do a mock pitch and present their collateral to their loved ones and wow. essentially get a feel of what it feels like to be in front of let's say investors or stakeholders that might be interested in potentially funding um, their work but aside from the curriculum and the program what else we learned about the girls is that if you're trying to teach them very complex and granular subjects you have to keep fun at the core of it yeah yeah because if it's if if we notice that if we just started off with a lecture and not doing some form of group activity or icebreaker in the beginning, right. they were just not very gravi- kind of. They were just not gravitating towards it. It felt mm-hmm. as if it was school all over again. Um, and so we tried to, as the days were going on, we implemented more sisterhood activities, where it's icebreakers, mm-hmm. more group activities, more outside time. Sometimes mm-hmm. we would just pause in the middle of class when we felt. The ambiance of the room right. was starting. The vibe was getting too strict. Yeah, maybe. it was just starting to drop and you could tell everyone were falling asleep. And, right. Um, and so we're like, we're going to get up. We're going to go outside and enjoy right. the sun. Mm-hmm. And we would come back and they're re-energized. And so it's, it was, it was any, um, as an educator yourself, you understand how important it is to keep it engaging and interactive and fun. Because if it's not, they're just going to disassociate. Man, it's so funny you say that because... Um, one of the first things I do with every class I do mm-hmm. is I actually do a check-in with everybody in class. Good. And I say, how is everybody feeling physically and emotionally? Mm-hmm. Right? Because that matters. Totally because if does. they're like, if you're like, oh, she just got into an argument with her mom before she got out the car. Okay. It's going to be a harder day for her. Mm-hmm. Right? So then like, it's not like when the girl starts tripping out in class, like, you're like, no, you're just trying to be, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you already know she's, she's having right. a tough one. So if she's not 100% engaged, don't take it personally as a teacher, you know, whatever. That stuff really, 
mm-hmm. matters. I have know? a question for you. Yeah. So when you came across those situations with your students, how would you mm-hmm. mitigate it? Because that's something that we've been facing as facilitators, as challenges is how do we be emotionally intelligent and available for our girls when they do have those bad days? And we're, we're not sure yet. Right. Well, it's a little weird. And I can't say that I have like a full blown, foolproof methodology. Mm-hmm. What I really do is I do the check-in so that I can kind of estimate how much that they're going to be able to retain today. Right. So if I had like a reading heavy, if I had a reading heavy plan for that day, I might make it video or or have them read half the time and then go to video, mm-hmm. right? So they still have to be accountable. You still have questions on the board. You still have stuff you're supposed to do, but I'm not going to drop the heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. If I know everybody's kind of in tune and they're having a good day, then I can do the heavy stuff. And then if I get a lot of pushback, I know that it's just an issue of immaturity or whatever. And we can kind of work around that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But I try to come in with a semi-flexible plan that will allow them like you gotta you know because we have bad days oh yeah right we have bad days right so i try to recognize that the student can have a bad day too Mm -hmm. right and you be flexible with them but that flexibility does not reflect a pattern of Mm non-accountability so yes you are because like one day one of one of my kids he was just being really ridiculous and sometimes he has had really bad days you know Mm -hmm. so i was like look one of the realities about life is that you can really not be in the mood, but you still have to do it. Yeah. Right. So I know you don't feel like reading. I know, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I said, but I need you to get through this chapter today. And I need you to know it because you need to know it. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is like, you know, when it, whenever you get your, your dream job, however much you may love it, you, you are going to have days where you hate it. Mm-hmm. And that's where loving what you do comes in. And when you love what you do, you still have to, do your job. And so I need you to do your job. Mm-hmm. And so they, they understand that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of teachers don't like to say all of that because it makes them feel very vulnerable, right? As an educator, they don't want to feel like the kid can judge them or their, their, their situation or whatever, but I found that it works. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And I, I agree. Um, it's, I, I was telling you this before the podcast um, that educators wear multiple hats and mm-hmm. all that is just being a champion of them. Right. And trying to connect them to the subject matter that invigorates them, and but still very, being super cognizant of their own lived experiences and what they're going through. And um, as, as I got into teaching through HTML, that's something that I wasn't aware of is mm. that you have to be so user focused or just human focused, yeah, right? Totally. It's when you're teaching, when you're in the front of classroom, trying to remember that you're not just talking to a group of statues. You're talking to people who are listening, who have different experiences that they're yeah. bringing to the table. Totally. And you have to be super cognizant of that. And um, one of the hats is just being a friend too. And so mm-hmm. we it's it's almost immediate when you know that someone's having a bad day and they come into class and they just kind of slump and slump in their seat yep. and they sit down and so it's another challenge for us is well how do I make this a mm-hmm. better day for them how do I make them excited to come to class leave the stuff that they're that's bothering them at the door yep and come into this space ready to learn ready to have fun and ready to grow yep no that's that's all very like crucial you know and like you know like I said I think sometimes you know like for me I just trying to trying to make sure like 
will the class be able to receive this today? Because sometimes there's just bad days to teach something. Yep. You know what I mean? And you <laughs> got to kind of recognize that, go in a different direction, right? Or or do ha- or just accept that, okay, I'm only going to do half of what I intended today. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I did that. I did that the other day. Um, one of the students was just kind of tripping out. And I was like, you know what? Why don't we do this? Um, let's read for the first half hour and then um, – I'll find a I'll find a cool video that deals with science and you know we went in this whole outer space and every, every everything was cool mm-hmm. you know what I mean but I could have been hard about it and made them read the whole time and they would have yeah. resented you know the entire <laughs> class the right you know do. you know you know what I mean yeah um, and now that they got half and half you know coming back on Monday I can jump into everything and, oh yeah you know blah blah and then you can you know come from a place of of, uh, of of engagement already. One of the things that I like that you said is that you 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 guys would be willing to like stop the class and just go outside and do stuff. And I know, looking at your Instagram, you do a lot of outdoor stuff that I think a lot of people wouldn't even like. You'd be rock climbing and and way out mm-hmm. in nature. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of like when you talk about like breaking the stereotypes mm-hmm. around around people who are encoding and in tech. That that was definitely um, a cool thing to watch. So like, um, talk for a bit about like. Why is it important to you to be out in nature? How how does that help or hinder mm-hmm. you as a as a creative person in tech? Like talk mm-hmm. to me about like about all that. Yes, good question. I would have to actually probably bring it back to just how I grew up and how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the youngest and only girl of two older brothers. And mm-hmm. so I experienced a lot of overprotection from my parents, especially from my mom. And so my mom would see me as this fragile little child, little girl who needed protecting and a shield from the outer world. Mm -hmm. And so she would try to groom me to be this very polite girl. Which you are. Good job, mom. (laughs) Shout out to my mom. That's right. Um, and I'm definitely not trying to discredit her, but this is just her vision for her daughter mm-hmm, is she mm-hmm. wanted to raise a proper lady. Right. And a proper lady um, does not go outside in the dirt and the mud, does not skateboard. <laughs> she stays at home, reads books, helps with cooking. Right. Picks um, flowers, maybe. Exactly. And it's, again, this is not at my mom's fault. It's just right. a very traditional way of thinking. And that's mm-hmm. how she was raised. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of reinforced um, behaviors and discipline that unfortunately were put on me. Right. And I don't know where I got it from or who I got it from, but I've always been a rebellious little kid. Me just too. Um, rebellious. always define everything <laughs> that my mom tried to put on me. So my mom wanted to put me in a dress. No, I'm gonna wear pants. <laughs> you like pink? Uh, nope, I'm gonna like blue. And so it just it started at such a young age is when I started to recognize that. Yeah, I, I could like pink, but I could also like blue. Why does it have to be such a right. polarizing right. subject for me? I like blue mixed with pink. Exactly. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to like purple, right? Exactly. Black. Exactly. <laughs> and also having two older brothers, I would see them getting into all this fun stuff, like mm-hmm. skateboarding, playing guitar, things that, again, I wasn't allowed to right. do. They got to do soccer and basketball. Be rowdy. Rowdy. And my mom would put me in dance and I remember really pushing to get into basketball because I want to do my what my brothers are doing. Yeah. It's not just a man sport, it's a right. girl sport too. Right, right, right. And so 
at an early age, I started to formulate my own opinions and my own thoughts and be super stubborn about it mm -hmm. and steadfast. Mm -hmm. And that started to translate into adulthood when I got into my teenager years and got interested in skateboarding, got interested in running outdoors, mm -hmm. um, got interested in technology. And so when I went into college, that just started to really exemplify and mm. accelerate mm -hmm. um, and wanted to explore a lot of that. And in college, I got into rock climbing. And wow. to, yeah. my, to my mother's domain, I'm so sorry, mom. She, <laughs> she, when she heard that I was interested in rock climbing, she had these visions of me falling off a cliff. Of course, <laughs> and, that's what every mother's gonna see. <laughs> right. I like rock climbing. <laughs> <laughs> like, not my baby, no, not my are you sure you don't want to do a ground sport? Yeah. You know, like biking, yeah. running. Speed walking. I heard, Speed that's, walking, I heard that's a really right. good thing, man. Netflix, you know, I heard that it's a, that's an Olympic right. you sport. You could sit and watch, watch yoga on Netflix. Exactly. It's super healthy. Yoga. Exactly. What, what about yoga? Um, but yeah, so that getting into rock climbing again was just another testament of how far can I push myself into the different hemisphere that mm. I'm uncomfortable in and not let the barriers prevent me from entering that. Mm -hmm. And rock climbing has been a huge outlet for me as gross or an individual because it's a very challenging sport. You're presented with a problem essentially and you are given the pieces and you have to use those pieces to figure out how to get to the top. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I love that problem solving aspect of it and it's a super inclusive and positive community. Um, still very male dominated, unfortunately, but I, I like throwing myself into the spaces where it's a little bit more male dominated mm -hmm. and defying the status quo and showing other girls and just other individuals who feel as if they don't belong in that space, that they do belong in that there. That they do. And mm -hmm. they can thrive. And they can thrive. Now, let me ask you, like you talked about being a, a young rebellious girl and that totally makes sense. But when did... When did the technology bug hit you when you were like, yo, this is really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. And what were you trying to be before you became a young woman in, in the tech space? Ah, So I went to school at UC Davis and my whole life, again, I rebellious, um, was also very into design and mm -hmm. understanding how things work. Mm -hmm. And so I remember having toys that I would take apart if they were broken and trying to figure out where the malfunction was, mm -hmm. MacGyvering tools right, to right. reach the Nutella at the top of the shelf that my parents hid from me. And so I went to school to understand how do I take that passion and that curiosity and turn it into a major. And that's where I found design. Right. And design is essentially just a process of problem solving. And UC Davis had this amazing design program next door to where I lived in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And it was a no brainer. Wow. Uh, it was my top choice. And so as I was learning how to be a better problem solver at college, that's when I started to notice that technology was truly starting to ramp up and become a huge exponent of problem solving. A lot of our basic needs nowadays is solved by technology. Mm -hmm. Uber, if you need to get somewhere from point A to right. point B, you could call an Uber, it'll be in your door. Right. Or they can bring you food. Bring you food, DoorDash. Right. Um, or like those people in Berkeley that have that little robot that oh drives down the gosh. street. Oh my gosh. I have some thoughts about technology and 
if it's really convenient or if it's really innovative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a whole different discussion. Yeah, 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 yeah. The robot that brings you food is a little much for me. He, he's funny though. He's so cute. cute. He's yeah. going down the street. He's like, oh, I gotta take pictures. <laughs> and so, okay, so yeah, here, so yeah. when when my daughter was taking coding program, she was doing some stuff over like two summers back. She's in college now, but she was she was doing it at Microsoft in Mountain View, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um. When you would go to Microsoft and park in the parking lot, there was a a robot parking attendant on <laughs> oh my wheels gosh. that like drove by really slow. Yeah. It just kind of and it took pictures of all the all the plates and all. And I was like, "Yo, this is crazy!" And yeah. people were like walking by and like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And da, da, da. but like, you know what I saw? The beginning of the end of the world. I was like, yo, <laughs> yes. this little dude right yes. here will soon be like policing the street and you can't come out because it'll like shoot you or something, yeah. right? He's like, you can't be out. It is not 10 a.m. Like, yeah. I was like, this is how the little innocuous, cute little thing. And when I saw that thing delivering food, I was like, ooh. It's beginning. It's the first I sign. I was like, yo, <laughs> you, know, you know, like you guys will be the ancestors of the things that take <laughs> over. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, also Will Smith made that movie, <laughs> I, Robot. Is that yeah, not exactly. a clear sign? I was like, yo. <laughs> so what do you think about like AI and what do you think about the negative and the positive potential in stuff like that. Ah, okay, good. Oh, I love that question. Yeah, so I I firmly believe combining design and technology can accelerate and incubate some groundbreaking solutions. Mm-mm-mm. But sometimes people use design and technology to create solutions that aren't necessary, as you said. Right. The robot that carries food to you across campus. Yeah. Um, Come on, man. um, And I I have some reservations from what I see. I I was super hesitant when I saw those electric scooters Mm -hmm. coming into the Bay Area. Yeah. I'm like, is that really necessary? You could just walk a few blocks. Right. um, Or get a bike. And there is a lot of concerns from the general public that Mm. AI technology is going to take over the workforce and people are going to lose their jobs and everything is going to be autonomous. Um, I I think we are trending towards that, but most of what technology is being used for is just how do we make our lives more convenient? So it's more of just how do I get food faster to me? How do I get to point A faster? Right, right. Um, And yeah, definitely be wary that technology is starting to replace a lot of human labor capital and workforce course but I, I i see technology being used more for like social media yeah, yeah, yeah totally. um more for artificial and capitalistic reasons yeah, than, yeah no totally than the stuff that i want to see it be used used for, for. right right is, so one example um is my friend her name's joe varshney and she's the founder of verse in life and what she created with this company is she uses artificial intelligence to simulate um, bio research. And so her her problem, what she's trying to address, is that she noticed with the medical profession is they do a lot of animal testing on their products before mm-hmm. they actually bring it out to the public, right. before they make it available to, to humans. Right. And one, that's super costly. And two, there's a lot of unethical behaviors regarding testing on animals. And so she was wondering if there's a way you could replace that with technology. Mm, so she created this system where it's 
simulating using a medicine on an artificial animal. Deep. And so it's all digitalized. You're not hurting You're not actually. Yeah, there's exactly. no animal. Exactly. Right. There is no animal. Exactly. So I want to see more technology that's innovative in that space, in mm-hmm. that sector, where there's a lot of social impact and good deriving from it. Right. And the planet but, benefits. Exactly. But what we're seeing, as you said, is autonomous robots delivering food. Right. And like door. taking pictures of your of your car when you're <laughs> exactly. And I was like, yo, like this yeah. thing could like like stun gun you in a little bit, you know, or like right. even like I I know this is like I saw like have you seen I think it's MIT has these robot dogs. Have you seen these? No, I Yo, like they don't have heads, but they have like dog bodies and legs. Oh god. And they can like jump up on the table. That's an and, episode like, of Black Mirror. You know how they have you know how they have like you have, like a dog has a neck and like a face? Yeah. Like their face what would be their face is like a hand and so it can walk that. over and like unlock. I that's, was like, no, <laughs> that is not cool. That's hideous. Like, that's, that's hella We need to, to shut me. that no, down. No, nah, no nah. face, hands that I, come I don't out. Like I don't like it. I don't it. like it. I don't like it. I'm not feeling it. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, we, after this podcast, we need to start, <laughs> we, start making... we need to start something that stops that. That's, that's absolutely <laughs> not okay. It's really freaky. It is so scary. Right, the, and the videos right. are on YouTube. Right. Just put in robot dog, MIT or whatever. You will see. I don't think I want to. <laughs> and they show you them testing them, like you see them falling over. They're yeah. Not, but now, like they're they're really agile, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, like in the future, like prisons will be like robot patrolled. Like you won't mm-hmm. even have COs anymore, mm-hmm. right? Because you just have robots walking on the on the tiers. Yeah. Robots on the perimeter. Yeah. You can leave everything open because, mm-hmm. like, if they pass this thing, then the robot dog will go jump on them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But, like, this oh, is freaky. Yeah, yeah. So we're seeing so many examples of that come up into society where technology is being used for good. Um, with the example of the, the female founder I just mm-hmm, talked about, mm-hmm. we can see it being used for, for bad. Right. Um, let's, let's use China's example of the big brother. Come on, man. That, society, that facial recognition. recognition. <laughs> right. Hella spooky. Right. And so I... I feel as if society's concerns for having a a world where it's so technology dependent and everything is autonomous or robotics, it's it's valid. It's definitely yeah. valid. We're definitely trending towards that way. Um, but why not act now and try to steer it towards using technology for good? Yeah, man. No, it's just there's there's too many good causes out there. But I, I also want to add that we should always analyze a situation with a very critical eye. Automation, like all concepts, is not black or white. It is inherently speckled with various pockets of gray, right? It's not this post-apocalyptic scenario that we're all imagining. Um, because since 1984, our manufacturing sector has produced twice as much output, but with only a third of the workers. So jobs aren't necessarily being stolen. They are disappearing because machines are replacing basic human tasks. So the valid fear here is that there is an accelerated trend of job loss, and that's confirmed by a recent study by Oxford, where they state that up to 50% of jobs are at a risk of being displaced in the future. But now if we take a step back and look at the reciprocal of this concept, automation also brings a ton of positive and beneficial effects. It helps transform societies by making processes and products cheaper, faster, and, and more importantly, safer. Um, Automation also increases productivity and maximizes profit while also creating new jobs in the future that have yet to exist. So that's great. 
Um, and so acknowledging both sides of the coin is very important. But for me, it's more critical to acknowledge the pain point that automation brings um, and the harm that it does for displaced workers. So what I believe to fix this is, is twofold. One, we need more nationwide programs that rehabilitate the displaced workers back into the workforce, as well as educational programs such as HTML that teaches the next generation how to be resilient and adaptable against the rapid and inevitable digital and tech evolution. So for me, that is why HTML is so important because for our girls, we're not only equalizing gender disparity for them, but we're also preparing them for the job market in the future. We teach them how to do non-routine tasks that can't be replaced by machines. They're learning social intelligence, how to be creative problem solvers, and most importantly, be able to have a critical mentality that will secure them a viable job and or jumpstart their own company. All of this will help accelerate their innovative ideas and their toolkit so that they could change the world. Now I'm going to throw in, somehow I've connected it with hip hop. It just hit me because I saw this. I literally <laughs> saw this yesterday. So yesterday, uh, a very popular West Coast rapper by the name of Exhibit posted um, something about the problem that he has with bots on IG that are posing as women. Whoa. Right? So so then he shows all these screenshots of bot women who are like, hi, I would like to meet you or da, da, da. And it was like eight or nine different women, if I remember in the thing. Mm -hmm. Now, why is this super strange? Because literally- Three months ago, a friend of mine who's in tech sent me a screenshot and I believe he said he was on Twitter. I have to go back and ask him because I'm just remembering this this thing right now. But like he was like a bot tried to pick up on me on Twitter. (laughs) And I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, this isn't this isn't a woman. And I'm like, how do you know? And he goes, because I started asking questions to make it glitch and look at the responses. And sure enough, it was a bot. It was not real. So, you know, exhibit post and he's like, yo, Instagram, if you want to fix stuff on the Internet, fix the presence of these bots and like scrape them off of your off of your tool. You know what I'm saying? Um, Off of your media platform. And I was like, yo, this is what my boy had just shown me two, three months ago. So like. The thing that I couldn't figure out is why would anyone want a bot to pretend to be a woman to reach out for? A, I don't even know what the payoff is. Mm-hmm. I couldn't figure it out. I, I'm i racking my brain, too. Like maybe they want him to join a dating site. Like I was like, maybe they pretend to like you and then they tell you to meet them on whatever dot com. Like I just I couldn't figure it out. Possibly. I mean, there's. I'm assuming that there's some sort of chemical reaction that happens when you get hit on, right? Right, right, right. Like dopamine so kind of like dopamine released. or was it oxytocin or whatever Yeah, oxytocin. And I wonder if a bot catalyzing that reaction in you encourages you to keep scrolling through Instagram and you see Mm -hmm. maybe an advertisement where it it tells you to buy a dress. Like, oh, yeah, let me go buy this dress. I I feel good about myself. And I'm going to keep using this this energy to propel – my spending habits. I don't know. Maybe it's that sort of justification, but that's weird. It is that's weird, right? Weird. Yeah, but that's a real thing. And like, so Exhibit posted that. I li- I literally, I'm pretty sure it was yesterday. Might have been the day before, mm-hmm. but like it just, it just, it just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that reminds me of the movie Her. Have you watched Her? No. It's with Joaquin Phoenix, and it's exactly what you said is the premise of that movie. Really? Yes. Oh my God. So this man 
buys this phone and on the phone is this art artificial intelligence personality um it's a female oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I what i'm talking about i think i saw right. like a commercial or something for that yeah <laughs> yes. it's, it's good it's amazing it, it's it's a dis it opens up a discussion about again technology mm -hmm. romance and the in individual but essentially she adapts to your behavior to your personality and mm -hmm. becomes very um, personalized to that person and so this man started to build a relationship with this robot right. and falls in love with her oh, that's true. knowing full well that she's not even real. real that's so deep and do you feel that might happen to us in the next 20 30 yeah, years man. It's like, forget yeah. the human being that has you know all these issues right right like a warm blood next to right. me like i would rather talk to this robot who right just gives me positive affirmation yeah, who makes won't me cheat on me, right? me exactly. leave me randomly for exactly you know what i'm saying exactly so i wonder if technology is just a vehicle to mask all our insecurities like yeah. things we don't want to talk about it's just a band-aid for it yeah so uh i don't know that's, a, that's, that's interesting that's very interesting yeah no 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 it's um it's it's a it's a tough thing and and even already um you know like i remember so my son's 21 now but when he was like in the sixth grade there were two a boy and a girl at his school who were like boyfriend, girlfriend, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he said that they were always texting, but then when, when they were at school, they never spoke. And I was like, that's so weird, man. Mm -hmm. I was like, but there's supposed to be a couple. He was like, yeah. I was like, oh man. And so like, I notice, um, as the Gen Xer that I am, that when I look at a lot of like younger people they don't interact even with each other that well mm -hmm. it, it, you're already like seeing like handshakes eye contact all this other stuff like is 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 falling away yeah it's very strange yeah very strange and that's something that we encountered in the summer program and we're encountering with all of our additional programs is our students are so connected to their phones. It's become such an extension of themselves that they they find it hard to detach. Mm -hmm. So there's a point in our program where it got so prevalent that we actually stopped class and we said, let's go outside, let's sit down and have a discussion about this because when I was lecturing, I felt so disrespected looking up and right. everyone was on their phones. No one was paying attention. Right. Like you're just, and you're like, dude, like I'm the person who makes it possible for you to have this right. <laughs> learning right. experience. Especially right. during the summer program where it was free for the girls mm -hmm. and myself and I had a co-teacher, Caroline, mm -hmm. we were doing it essentially for free. We weren't mm -hmm. getting paid. Right. We were doing it because we wanted to see these girls grow and right. we wanted to see if this program was helpful. Prove your model. For, for more girls. And right. we just felt so disrespected. And we went outside and we sat down with the girls and we said, why is this happening? Why are you guys so attached to your phones that you right. cannot put it down for a 30-minute lecture? 30 minutes. Yeah. And they said, it's hard because our whole lives is on the phone. All of our friends and everything that's going on in the world is in our hands. And some of them even said that, it's an escape for them that mm. they gravitate towards their phones when they don't understand a concept in class mm. that they, they're like, I don't know what she's talking about. I'm going to go. To, yeah. I'm, yeah it's, a, it's a comfort zone. Yeah. And so we had to have an internal discussion with the girls of 
why does that exist? Why is our phones a safe space for us? And how do we disconnect from it? That way we are present Mm -hmm. where we are, wherever we are, whether that's classroom, on a date, in a conference, is how do we leave our phones in our pockets and just be truly present? And we we allow the girls to create the solutions for themselves. Cause if we just told the girls, we're going right, to, you can't have a phone and that's it. it right. It's, it's going to make them rebel again as a rebellious teenager. Right, knowing. Would, if someone told if my, if my teacher told me I'm going to implement this strict rule where you, you all just put your phones in a bucket and right. force you to pay attention. That's not, that's never going to work. You have, so what yeah. did you do? What did they come up with? So we gave the girls a platform to create their own solutions. And a lot of them said, okay, well, it's hard for us to go go cold turkey, just disconnecting from our phones. Mm-hmm. Can you allow us 10 minutes in between lectures to, one, digest the material, but then, two, just let us check real quickly. And mm-hmm. then we promise we'll not be on our phones for the next 30 minutes to, to an hour. And right. we said, okay, that works. That works for you. That works right. for us. Um, and we also try to do challenges right. of – if you didn't use your phone for the whole classroom, you get to X, Y, and Z. That's really cool. And these are ideas that they come up with. So it's, so they feel empowered. They Mm -hmm. feel as if they have control of the situation where they feel included as opposed to imposed upon. Exactly. And that also gives us control of the situation. And so it's not, it's not just the people in charge telling the students what to do. It's a group effort of problem solving and moving forward together towards a towards a scenario or a future that we feel benefits everyone. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you, who are some of the other women or what are some of the other companies that inspire you right now? Because I know you know you just you got your baby legs, you're all embryonic, <laughs> but you're getting yeah. out there and you're doing cool stuff. Thank who you. who inspire you? Good question. Um, I would say Audrey Gelman, she's the co-founder of The Wing, which Mm. is a co-working space. Okay. And it's a space and environment primarily, well, just for women. Right. And it allows women to feel authentic and Mm. safe in a building or a, a floor where they get to see other like-minded women yeah. and it's easier for them to talk about what they're working on. There's not a lot of, um, there's no discrimination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's super inspiring because I see a lack of inclusive spaces such as that's that deep. Yeah. in the Bay area. And to see someone, especially a female founder, Moving forward and fortifying that future is yeah. really, really And where's that located at? Where is there's that? one in San Francisco and uh, there's one in New York. Okay. And they're trying to expand nationally. So opening oh, up really more cool. spaces around America. And I actually think they just went global. They, they're opening up a spot in London. Oh, wow. And so what this does is they're creating a network of spaces – just meant for women, just yeah. to empower women. And that is so cool. To no, me. that is cool. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm, and that's something that I want to see HTML do is mm-hmm. one of our big goals for next year is to have our own brick and mortar site beautiful. where we want to have a maker space for girls to come before class, after class, they could come study, relax, make friends, mm-hmm. use that space to do research, use that space to build out their prototype. We yeah. could invite guest speakers. We could host workshops. We could have hackathons, marathons. 
And I don't think a space exists currently for young women. Um, there's Boys and Girls Club, but you still have right. um, both genders. Right. I, I want to see more prevalence in just spaces for young girls. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on Bishop Chronicles. Of Before course. you go, please tell people where they can contact you and, and learn more about your, your amazing nonprofit. Thank you so much for having me. They can contact me <clears throat> at my email, M-E-D-N-A-L-I-N-O at H-T-M-E-L-L-E dot org. Or you could follow us on our social media platforms. We have a website, HTML.org, all one letter, all one word, excuse me. Um, we also have Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. And you could follow us at HTML, also one word. All right. Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Have a blessed one. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure that you pass on this show to a teen or a young woman you know that is trying to break into um, the tech space or or is already in it and, and looking to you know connect with some cool people. All right. Have a blessed one. Stay strong. Bishop Chronicles. Teacher, what style is that? Bishop Chronicles. Bishop Chronicles.